0: michael duke show i have two guns one for each of you
1: F- F- firearms
0: friday
2: as thomas jefferson stated it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my friend.
3: i say that the second amendment is in order of importance the first amendment the right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all
1: And bare arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms.
0: From my cold, dead hands. Friday.
2: It's my rifle, it's my gun. This is for fighting, it's for fun.
1: Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. T-G-I-F-F. Welcome to the program and thanks for coming in and joining us it is Friday your chance to sound off and talk about issues of a second amendment nature right here on the big radio program we appreciate you guys coming in and joining us today as always Friday man this week just flew right by I'm not complaining don't don't uh, don't think that I am but uh, oof man how did we get to Friday so fast so fast well it's uh it's good to see you this morning and it's good to uh, be with you i mean i can't literally see you but i you get the you get the point right you get the point uh thank you for uh, coming on board and being part of the show today um so (laughs) full dis full disclosure this morning um I overslept. I mean that just that just never happens. It just never it never happens. But I did. I overslept this morning, um, and I'm a little discombobulated. I was supposed to have a guest on. We were working on Doctor John Lott being on the program today, um, and it kind of fell apart. And so um, I. I don't have a whole lot planned uh, this morning. Of course, you know, I'm like a wind-up doll. You pull the string and you let me go and I could talk about firearms and gun rights for two hours. No problem. Um, but um, usually I have some kind of, you know, minor plan outlined as to exactly what I want to cover and everything, uh, uh, you know, throughout a, throughout a show. Well, this morning, um, I don't. <laughs> I mean, i I know we're going to talk about some stuff, but I. Uh, I'm trying to, <clears throat> still trying to gather my wits, would get, sweep out the old cobwebs this morning, and so if I seem a little uh, discombobulated, that that be the case. That's why uh, that's why things are happening that way, which uh, makes it even more important uh, for you to help me out today. We're going to open up the phone lines first thing this morning um and uh and help you have you help us have you help have you help me help me why will you help me help me will you uh we'll have you uh drive the bus a little bit and we're going to open up the uh, phone lines for what we lovingly call gun q a now that is the question and answer portion of the program and uh he, uh, this is where you know you can call in and ask questions of firearms and uh, about firearms or guns or gun rights or anything else, and uh, that's uh, that's what we're going to do right now. Phone lines are open at nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty. Now the rule on Fridays, and I don't know if this is actually applies to the rest of the week. But the rule on Fridays with open line and the the gun q and a is that there is no such thing as a dumb gun question okay because our whole point our whole job um on this on this day uh of the week is to try and demystify the firearm and gun ownership and everything else uh the the now during the rest of the week i mean they're <clears throat> there's been some dumb questions. Okay, I mean we 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 acknowledge that. There's been some questions, but on Fridays, nope, you get a pass. I don't care if you ask which is the end that I should point away for me. That's a still a valid question, especially since uh, the the real the real target of this show uh is folks who are you know, not knowledgeable about firearms. You know, which uh, you know, not knowledgeable and and don't have the background and and maybe are a little too embarrassed to, um, you know, to uh, to go to a local gun store and ask these questions. So, what you know? <clears throat> that I I'm I'm all about that. I'm. I'm all about answering questions, and of course, you can also ask questions in the chat room, uh, which is available every morning on uh, Facebook and on YouTube. If you would like to, uh, if you would like to uh, uh, come on in and and uh, and be part of it, you can go over there to facebookcom Show and join the live video, or you can go to YouTube. And uh, I think it's YouTube slash users uh, slash Michael Duke show. And um, you should be able to find it. You know, that's 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 where it is. There's no. okay. so see, now people are starting to try and challenge my questions on uh, uh, to say that there's no such thing as dumb gun question. Um... (laughs) Yeah. there's some questions popping up that are just being sarcastic uh which is fine it's still not a dumb question it's a funny question um so we've got some questions coming up in the chat room as well right now which we will do our best to answer now even though i was late even though i again i got up late and i didn't necessarily have a full show planned i do have some stories um, that I was able to, uh, thank God I'm a speed reader, uh, that I was able to read through this morning and some of the local news stories, uh, not local, state, uh, national news stories. Uh, I do have a little bit of a plan and things that I'm going to talk about. We are going to talk about the uh, situation in Ukraine uh, a bit and the armed citizens there and what a difference that is making. We're going to talk a little bit about the new Catch-22 requirements that the ATF, the ATF has started to reinterpret their own regulations in regards to Uh, people being able to make legal homemade silencers because most people didn't know that you were able to actually make your own silencer uh, suppressor um, with the blessing of the ATF. If you filled out the proper paperwork and paid the tax stamp and did all that stuff, Uh, some of that is changing. We're going to talk about um, how you really need to act and think when you are carrying a firearm. Some of the, you know, some of the, some of the choices that you make and that when you are You know, when you're committed to going out there and, you know, going forth armed, so to speak, you got to think about some things and uh, not do stupid stuff. All right. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. And, of course, answer your questions and we will finish up the whole thing. The whole the whole shlemiel will be. That's not the right use of that word. The whole kit and caboodle. Uh, We're going to finish that up. With our friend Willie Waffle uh, from wafflemovies.com, who's going to come in and uh, he's going to uh, share with us the weekend movie reviews and everything else. I think we're going to talk about that new Ryan Reynolds movie um, that I've been waiting to see on Netflix the, uh, what's it called? The Adam Project. That's it. So I think we're going to talk about that as well. So I'm looking forward to hearing that <clears throat> and seeing where we go from there. Um, All right, Uh, so some questions, I guess. So we'll open up. The the phone lines are open, 433-3150. Sorry, I'm also a little dry this morning. I didn't get all my water in before we got started here. 907-433-3150. And uh, we got questions. We got questions. So uh, let me start off with just a few of the questions that are here in the chat room. Uh, Chris asks, "Does anyone have 7.62 by 39 cheaper than Three Bears?" I got to be honest. If you haven't already put away a good, goodly amount of 7.62 by 39 Russian ammo, you it may be too late. <laughs> I mean, with everything that's going on over there. I don't, and I don't know of a really good American ammo manufacturer. I mean, um, I've been buying Russian ammo for 20, 25 years. I've been buying Russian ammo. And I remember when I complained when it went from, oh, I think it was $69 a thousand rounds to $81 a thousand rounds. I was squawking so hard. And the dealer just looked at me, the, 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 the uh, guy that I was buying it from, and he goes, you, you think it's going to go down from here, or is it going to go up? So anyway, I bought another case, even though I was grumbling about it. But my lord, I should have bought a truckload of Russian ammo at that point, because I think the last time I bought a case of Russian ammo, it was nearly $325 a case. Um, I mean, that's it's that's better than precious metals. People, if I had bought a tractor trailer load of uh, Russian ammo, I'd probably I mean, I could have probably turned that into a Google size fortune. You know what I mean? It's just it's crazy uh, what's going on with that. Uh, So the answer is, does anyone have seven? I don't even know anybody who has it for sale cheaper. I don't even know what three bears is charging for that. But uh, if you see it. You might want to just consider buying it at this point if you're desperate for it, because I don't think it's going to get any better. That's that's just, you know, with this whole nobody knows exactly what's going to happen with Ukraine and everything else. But I can tell you this for nothing. um, Russia is going to be persona non grata for a while. Uh, I mean, that's just that's just the bottom line. Russia is going to is not going to be uh, have favored nation status. For, for a while okay it, wow uh chris just dropped me the price in the chat room for wolf ammunition which is a russian brand wolf uh 599 for a thousand rounds of russian 762 by 39 man if i had bought a tractor trailer load i could be making money right now hand over fist um but i didn't and so there's no putting that uh toothpaste back in the tube uh, but yeah, I I fully expect that there will probably be a shortage, and uh, and uh, you might want to be shooting some other rifles for a while uh, until that comes. I mean, who knows? It may not. It may take ten years for whatever's going on in the Ukraine to wear off and have people actually uh want to do business with Russia again in the future. But if you've got Russian ammo, you probably want to hold on to it, and if you see it, you may want to buy another. 1000 rounds just just in case just in case um Dan also asked some questions in the chat room which we're going to get to here as well and then Daniel is uh is mocking me this morning with a dumb gun question he says and I'm going to go to the phones here in a second but he says in a gas operated rifle where do I put the gas and with the rising gas prices what are my alternative hardy har 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 <laughs> For those of you who don't know, a gas-operated rifle is not operated by gasoline. It is operated by the gas that expands in the chamber when the bullet is fired, and that gas operation runs the piston or the bolt group inside of a rifle and causes it to cycle. So when they say it's a gas-operated rifle, you know, it's, you know what I mean. It's, Daniel, you are a funny man this morning. Funny, funny man All right, Uh, let's go over to the phones And we'll start things off this morning With some more gun Q&A Like I said, I do have some stories But I'm very grateful to any help That you'd like to give this morning In talking about guns and gun stuff And everything else So let's go over to the Let me make sure everything's turned up Let me go over to the phones here And we'll get things started Good morning, who's this? Where are you calling from?
0: Hey, this is Tom from Fairbanks
1: Morning, Tom What's on your mind, sir?
0: I recently was driving from Fairbanks to Delta and happened to find a bunch of ammunition all over the roads. And I think it came off of a convoy, but they're 30 millimeter. And, it, and I looked it up and it said it's armor piercing, uh, high explosive rounds. <laughs> well, the one that I picked up and I actually gave it to a military fellow that I've met. Right. And he thanked me. But is, I, I'm just wondering, is, is it is it against the law for me to possess it?
1: Uh, possession of ammo, um, I am unsure of, I don't think so. I mean, you would have to have, you'd have to have something to fire it in. Um, I don't believe possession yeah. of ammo is, uh, is the problem. 30 millimeter high explosive. Um, this is like Vulcan, this is like Vulcan, um, or rotary cannon stuff, right? I mean, this is stuff that comes like out of yeah. A10, right? Um, the
0: military, the military dude that I gave it to said it it, it, it fires out of the Apache helicopter.
1: Oh, okay. So that's a, so same kind of stuff. Um, you know, I don't know, is it, is it illegal for you to own it, but I don't know what you would do with it. I mean, it makes an interesting conversation. Well, because...
0: I have a, I have a, I have a, a bullet collection I've started when, when I was like 10 years old. So I wanted to put it with my collection, but sure, I just wanted to know, is it against the law for me to, to possess that round?
1: Um, yeah. I'm thinking about it, you know, maybe because of the high explosive component of it, it may be classified as a destructive device, um, but I'm not sure. I know that, like, I mean, I have the same kind of thing. I've got a few, I've got a bullet collection of a few, you know, otter bullets that I've collected over the years, and I have a, I have a round out of a, out of a, uh, um, an A-10. It's a, it's a dummy round, but it's, you know, it shows me the size and everything else. Um, but the explosive component, because it is an explosive round, that might be classified as a destructive device. Um, and well, I just,
0: just to let you know, they were scattered all over the road on the way from Fairbanks to the Delta. Uh, Daniel and like tr- it must have fell off of, a,
1: yeah, a, like it fell convoy off of a or a, something,
0: a, but they were, they were, I was driving over them with my truck.
1: <laughs> <the supply. laughs> yeah. No, not a, not a good thing. Um, is it, uh, Daniel in the chat room says yes, destructive device because of I, uh, HEDP, which is the high explosive. Um, is it, uh, he's asking also is it a blue body? Is the body of it, uh, blue? Uh, it is,
0: it is blue. Yeah. So, so I think I, I did a little bit of research. I think it's inert.
1: Um, well, it's it's interesting. Uh, Ken also makes the point in the chat room that it would be illegal because it's considered government property. But I mean, if you've attempted to try and give back some of it or whatever, uh, you know, uh, that's a that's an that's an interesting uh, it's an interesting question. I don't know what I would do at all. I'd probably gather it up and put it in a box and give it to somebody on uh, Fort Wainwright or something. Um, but uh, you know, because otherwise, you don't you don't really have any. Uh, You don't really have any use for it other than if it is inert, maybe, you know, having one in your collection, I don't know. I guess your mileage may vary. You'll have to make that decision. But I would say uh, if it is actually high explosive that you could fall under the whole destructive device thing. Um, uh, It's Oh, it says inert training round, says Daniel. So, uh, yeah, the blue is an inert training round. So if it's a training round, then you're probably good. But, you know, who knows? Maybe eBay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. your mileage, well thank you very much. Your mileage may vary. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling <laughs> in and joining us uh on the program. All right. Yeah, yep. I've never I've never considered that. I mean I've got some I've got some weird ammo and casings and things that I've collected over the years. Uh I mean I've got a hundred and five millimeter howitzer casing that uh I use as a I use as a stand in my garage in my workshop for uh for like dowel rods and stuff. I mean it's a big, you know, shell casing um that i use for that and i picked up some interesting things over the years but um yeah now it's, it, you're kind of it, it, especially if it's a dummy round then you probably are, are good to go and uh, i mean i'd love to look at one when we come to do the gun show up in fairbanks uh next month tom uh you know take take uh, bring bring me one by i'd be interested to taking a look at it it would be interesting to see but uh there you go uh, all right, folks, gotta go. Running late. The Michael Duke Show: Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. We'll be back right after this. I ran right over the thing over that, didn't I? Anyway, um, do what you can afford, says Daniel. That's interesting. Um, yeah, no, I, um, um, I, I have a, I have a, uh, a round that is uh out of an a10 <clears throat> i have an expended show casing out of an a10 and then i have a couple dummy rounds that uh have been gifted to me over the years by people because they know my in my interest in firearms and guns and things like that so i have kind of this little collection of interesting shells conversation pieces more than anything else um uh, you know of dummy and and expended rounds with different casings and things but i do love that uh I do love that, uh, that, 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 uh, howitzer, uh, casing, uh, because it's nice, it's heavy and, uh, I can stick all my wooden dowels and things that I need into it. It's very cool. Um, I'm just looking at just a thought, 400 Somalians reported the border two years ago, crossing the border armed. Why were they coming here? Um, coming here to Alaska. Two, 400 Somalians crossing into the border into Alaska. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Um, have a relative who lives near the Guernsey firing range in Eastern Wyoming. Lots of expended live rounds laying on the ground live and can explode due to weather changes. Some of the rounds explode with no warning. I've never heard of that. Um, but <clears throat> I guess, uh, anything is possible, uh, for, uh, for that Chris says I'm waiting for Tesla to make an electric rifle we should be moving away from petroleum-based firearms <laughs> I too I mean since Tesla is an electrical you know car company I keep waking uh, I keep waiting for somebody to make a Gauss rifle right I mean that's what I'm you know that's 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 what I'm waiting for I'm waiting for somebody to come up with a gauss rifle that just it shoots a rail gun, right? A, you know, a handheld rail gun. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> what was the name of that? What was the name of that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he, and uh, I can't remember who the bad guy was in that one. It wasn't Gabriel Byrne. That was the sixth day. Uh, but they were walking around with, with, um, uh, with handheld rail guns shooting at each other through stuff. I can't remember what that one was called, but, uh, uh, is that Erasure? Is that the one that it was? Was that Erasure? Anyway, always fascinated by that Eraser. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Um, so yeah, uh, that that's always interested me. I keep waiting for somebody to, uh, I keep waiting for somebody to come up with a, uh, with a, with a handheld. You know, theoretically, they've had the theory on that railguns for, I don't know, eighty years or something like that. The problem is the power, you know, you'd have to carry a city power plant around on your back to be able to shoot the damn thing, uh, to create enough juice to, to shoot the, the flechette or the round or the, the slug or whatever it is down the, down the, uh, down the deal. Cause it takes so much damn power. Um, but who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, Elon Musk will, will figure it all out in the long run. Uh, that would be, I mean, I'd buy that for a dollar. Right. I mean, I I'm just sad I missed out on the whole Tesla flamethrower thing or the boring company flame, whichever it was um, when he was selling those flamethrowers. Uh, I mean, he sold out of those things. As soon as I heard about it, I went on the side. I'm like, oh, I got to buy one of these. And they were all sold out immediately. Um, James Caan was the bad guy in Eraser. My God, how long has it been since I watched that movie? It's been a long time, but it really stuck with me, the whole thing with the rail guns. Because, yeah, rail guns are nasty, uh, in, again, in theory. I mean, you accelerate a piece of metal to, you know, thousands and thousands of miles an hour. Uh, just the kinetic energy of that is, oof, man. Okay. Um, uh, I thought the problem was the size of the magnet, says Kenneth. Well, yeah, but you got to charge the magnet. you got to—it's a— It's there's there's multiple problems, but theoretically it could happen. But it takes a lot of power. Um, Anyway, let's jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share the show. Like and follow the show page. Let's get going. Wow, this morning just, I mean, completely not off the rails, but just kind of random. We were just talking during the break about um, uh, somebody made a a sarcastic comment uh, because of the whole gas-powered rifle thing that we talked about earlier. Chris in the chat room said he was waiting for Tesla to make an electric rifle. We should be moving away from petroleum-based firearms, which made me comment about how the fact that I, I was hoping that one day Tesla would be able to uh, create a um, uh, create a uh, a, a, a railgun a gauss rifle um, because of their expertise in electricity and electric motors and everything else um, there is actually a um, which which for those of you who don't know an, a, a gauss rifle or a railgun um, takes a piece of inert metal magnetically uh, you know of, of some kind of ferrous metal that uh can be attracted by a magnet and it runs it down a series it runs it down a channel that's um, surrounded by a series of magnets over the length of you know however long it, it is from feet to to yards and it it accelerates the chunk of metal utilizing um those magnets it accelerates it faster and faster to where, I mean, theoretically, you could get a, you could get, if you had a long enough railgun, you could theoretically get a piece of metal accelerated to an appreciable uh, component of C, uh, the speed of light. I mean, you know, 200,000, I mean, you could really accelerate if you had a long enough railgun. But the bottom line is, is that uh, it, uh, and the theory has been around for, uh, for know, 80 years, 100 years. The problem, of course, is the technology to make it work as far as the switching and the power and the magnets and everything else. But it's an interesting thing, although a company did put out a um, they did put out a rail gun um, and it was a it's it shoots little metal discs um, and it's more of a novelty thing than anything else. Um, I watched a video on it about three months ago because uh, I'm always fascinated by that kind of stuff. And I'm trying to, um, is it, uh, is it the, I can't, what is it called? Um, it's called the, um, uh, yeah, Oh, well, there it is. Demolition Ranch did it here. Demolition Ranch did it here a, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I guess it was back in September. Anyway, uh, they, they went out and they tried this uh, system and it is, um, it's called the, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, anyway, its uh, it's got its own little, uh, it's got, it has got shoots these little discs out there. And uh, it's called the, oh, it's called the E, is that right? The E Shotgun. The E, you can go take a look at it if you want. It's the E-shotgun.com. And it shoots these little discs. Now, it doesn't, it's definitely, it doesn't, it won't, it won't, uh, it doesn't shoot them fast enough to really hurt. It, it's, it's kind of more just of a novelty item than anything else. Um, but it, uh, because that in their demo, they show pretty clear that it, uh, that it doesn't work, uh, you know, it doesn't have nearly the stopping power or anything else of an actual real deal. But it's interesting that they were able to pull it all together and and put it into this compact little cartridge. Anyway, the E-Shotgun is uh, is what you can go take a look at, e-shotgun.com. And uh, you should go, uh, if you have an interest in any of that, and I don't know why you would. Again, this is why I probably should not. Sleep in and get up early But you could go out there and take a look at it They've got uh, the demolition ranch did a whole Demo on it I watched it here a couple months ago Um, Anyway, it's pretty cool stuff So um, All right Uh, What else we got going on? Well, phone lines are still open So if you want to uh, sound off this morning I'd love to hear what you guys have to say We still have more stories to cover um uh from around the country including what not to do if you've decided that you are going to go forth armed we're going to talk about that here in a minute as well let's um i guess we'll continue with some phone calls and see what uh we've got going on over here good morning who's this where are you calling from yeah hi this is mayor brady from las vegas hello mr brady how are you sir doing fine Uh, um I wanted to ask
2: you if you knew about the ammo company in Scottsdale, Arizona, that gave a million rounds to that cokehead Melendez.
1: No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't hear about the company that gave a million rounds of ammo to. They sent it overseas.
2: Yes, they sent it to the Ukraine. They should have been sending it to Vlad. Uh, I would rather see it go to Vlad because it's liberating the Ukraine from the Nazi Jew.
1: I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. I I, I mean, I know that that's the I know that that's the story on Russian media is that they're all Nazis. I mean, that, you know, even though Zelensky is a Jew and uh, I'm trying to figure that out. But um, what are, are you being sarcastic or are you serious here?
2: No, I'm straight up. the Azov battalion. That's the portion of the Ukraine army is 100% satanic Nazi. The patches that they wear on their armbands are from the Panzer division of Himmler's Panzer division in world war two. So, uh, it is a direct link. And I've seen plenty of videos where his nose is stuck whiter than Hunter Biden. It looks like he got a half a can of Parmesan cheese stuck in his nose.
1: Okay. All right. Well, Uh, I appreciate it, Brady. Uh, I mean, I don't see the I don't see the comparatives. I I I don't buy into the rhetoric that uh, they are a Nazi division and that they are out there uh, doing. I mean, again, to me, that's propaganda. Um, on that, I'm not saying that uh, they, there was not reasoning why Russia did what they did. I don't agree with the justification. Part of it was because if we would quit handling, if we would quit dangling the whole NATO thing in front of the nose of uh, Ukraine, this wouldn't have happened. Um, but I don't see it as. Uh, I, I just don't see any proof that the Nazis were had taken over the Ukrainian government. Um, that uh, which of course is what's being you know put out there and uh, and, and broadcast to broadcast all the russian people in russia that they are denazifying the ukraine somehow um, i just again i find that uh, i find that hard to believe
2: you know you you, you need to look at the movie oliver stone uh, ukraine at war and if you watch that video and it's on pitch you can call it up Watch the history of Ukraine at war, and it's 100% Nazis from basically the 40s until now. It has not changed. And all the bio lab, all the bio labs that flat found over in the Ukraine up to 34 now were all funded by Obama, started in 2005. George Soros, Klaus Schwab, the New World Order which I would like to call the Jew world order. That is who, that is who's behind it, and that's the reason why Vlad went and liberated Ukraine and taken it back from the Nazis.
1: Okay. I'm a little confused about how somehow the Jews are responsible for the New World Order and how the Jews are part of the Nazi regime. That seems to be a little counterintuitive, Brady. But, um, hey, uh, I appreciate you you calling in and uh, giving us your thoughts this morning, uh, even though I probably couldn't more vehemently disagree with them. Uh, in that regard, Uh, I just, I, you know, I've seen some of those things we had, I mean, when the Ukrainian invasion first happened, somebody called from Fairbanks and was saying how, you know, uh, uh, Putin was in the right and, you know, all this kind of stuff because of the Nazis and the things, but I mean, trying to conflate the whole, you know, that it's a Jewish problem with Nazism and every, I just, uh, I'm sorry, my brain can't wrap around that kind of, uh. I don't have enough tinfoil in the studio here to make all that work. Sorry, it just I just don't just don't have enough to make all that work. Uh, it is Firearms Friday. We're talking about guns and firearms. This might be a good point to to bring up the uh, Ukraine. Uh, and uh, there's a couple different articles uh, out there which I think have been uh, uh, following this. You know, doing very well in following this. The Wall Street Journal. Um, has been putting up um, articles that are interviews with different people on the street, uh, people who have been fighting and, um, and uh, you know, where they come from and what they're, what they're, uh, what they're doing. Uh, they quote Maxim Karuchkin, who, um, who had many personal and professional ties to Russia, but he's a Ukrainian-born playwright, and he is now one of the thousands of men and women who've taken up arms. Uh, To defend his country Uh, In his interview to the Wall Street Journal He described the number of newly armed citizens As a army of the free people He's serving alongside taxi drivers, computer programmers, journalists Citizens from all different walks of life And all these different political opinions Who are all basically united behind a premise That they will be free um the journal has done a pretty good job of sharing all these different stories of some of the more well-known and influential members of this free people army that are out there including uh one of the the rock stars from the grok group Boombox, um and uh also the fact that uh, some one of them what was it one of their uh one of their uh, television stars was out there. He got killed in the shelling the other day he was in one of the Ukrainian defense groups and he, he you know they were doing it. Um, but one of my favorite quotes is from a woman named Kira Rudik. who's a lawmaker and a former business executive. She picked up a gun and gathered up a group of a dozen party members and friends at her house and uh, and they've gone out and they've started to fight. She said, I looked at my house and my family, my home, my cat, and realize that everything that I love is here. Why should I leave? Because Putin has decided to take what's ours. And uh, I, I I, mean, that sentiment is pretty much what I think people are fighting for. They're fighting for their homes. You're never going to find people more resilient than those who are fighting for their homes and families. And thank goodness Um, They are have the ability to fight back and are armed. And the fact that the government is was loosening the gun laws and everything else and then passing out uh, uh, rifles and everything. That is uh, that is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Um all right, well we're up against the break. I got a couple lines on hold. We're going to be right to you here guys. Don't go anywhere if you're on the phone, but I do have to since I was late for the last one, I've got to uh, pay uh, got to pay the bills and get out the door. So we're going to head out here and we'll be back in just a moment. The Michael Duke show. Common Sense. Liberty Based. Free thing and radio. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I see some of these people talking about this, how Russian is the last bastion of freedom or something against some kind of tyrannical new world order and uh, the things and the Nazis and all this kind of stuff. And all I could do is, I mean, I look at Russia and I go, you guys are holding them up as some kind of free bastion of they're the last one standing against a new world. Have you seen what's going on in Russia? I mean, have you seen what's going on? Um, I just, you know, my, I, I can't again, I can't wrap my brain around that. That is just, uh, you know, it is definitely into tinfoil hat territory, on that. Um, uh, and I can't wrap my idea around somehow this is some large Jewish conspiracy that is then tied back to Nazism in some way, shape, or form. It just does not compute. I know that there's plenty of videos and theories and people out here and that i mean uh but sorry i i'm just i'm just not buying it it just does just, just, just no rational sense for what's going on in that um let's go over to the phones we only have one line on hold now they only one line held on so let's go over to the phones and we'll get this caller set up for a return to radio and they will be the first caller when we jump back onto the radio good morning who's this where are you calling from hey good morning Michael it's Fred how you been? hey Fred how are you doing my friend it's good to hear from you oh
3: yeah quite well quite good, well good good. yeah well, uh, well hold on I want to bring up, hold yeah, on. One of the think you know the that last that last one was tough
1: <laughs> yeah no i i'm I'm with you on that it is uh it's weird hold on Fred don't uh you'll be you'll be a good fresh start here when we return to the radio and so we'll be uh we'll be right back to you here don't go don't go anywhere uh don't go anywhere Um. Uh. All I want to point out is Russia. Russia is just a ways away from Kotzebue to Big Diomede is ninety-seven miles. From Kotzebue to Anadir is five hundred and eighty miles. Um. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's it. You can see Russia from your house. Is that what you're saying, Sean? You could see Russia from your house. I mean, I guess if anybody in the United States should be worried, Alaska should be worried. I guess in theory. And while they've been expanding their Arctic operations uh, in the last 15 to 20 years, they have not uh, definitely don't have the concentration of troops uh, that they have uh, in the east that they have in the west. But um, again, I think that they would find I think they would find it very difficult um, to uh, make it happen. Chris, Chris summates my stumbling this morning because I was like trying to. Chew out the words. Chris says, pretty sure that the Jews and the Nazis were never on the same team. That pretty much summates it in one sentence. Thank you, Chris, for making that succinct. Because you're right. That was kind of what I was trying to wrap my head around. W- wait, this is a Jewish conspiracy to prop up not. Nazi- Again, that's like oil and water, apples and oil. I just don't see that. I just don't see that happening. But people believe it, man. There are people out there that believe that stuff. Again, the first day when the when the when the invasion had happened and we had that first caller, I don't remember his name, but from Fairbanks. And he was going on and on about how Putin was in the right and it was this Nazi whatever. And I was just like, what are you talking about? I mean, I I was just I was so confused. Um, and then I went out and. um uh, and and did a little reading and I realized that it was this whole conspiracy to try or this whole push to try and make Putin and company some kind of anti new world order hero that because Russia resists the new world order of this or that, that somehow they're the only ones that are standing up for the right and that, uh, you know, that he's this big. Christian warrior for blah blah blah, and I'm just like, Wow, there is uh I mean there was so much that I it, you know to try and unpack in that, but the fact that you can look at Russia, which is an authoritarian regime that's that's what's going on in Russia. it is an authoritarian regime uh that you can look at that and hold that up as somehow they are the bastion or the heroes of uh of the world against some kind of new world order um no, that's just not. No. Yeah, you got to understand a little bit of history there. Uh, but the answer is no. I'm not saying Ukraine is pure as the driven snow. Ukraine has got some of its own problems. But for the most part, they are a freeish market people, freeish. They are one of the more uh, open and free democratically elected states in Europe, Eastern Europe specifically. And they were the stalwart, they were the bastion or the bulwark against Russia. Um, we made some, we made some mistakes. I will not, I will, you know, this whole thing of dangling NATO in front of them all that time, we made some mistakes and uh, we should own up to them. But no, I don't see this as being some kind of death heads legion of Nazi zealots out there trying to keep their, no, I, what, what? All right, we're going to jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, continuing now, Firearms Friday Got a couple lines on hold We're going to start off with our buddy Fred Who's uh, out in Rhode Island Calling into the program this morning uh, As always, it's great to hear from him And we'd like to see what's on his mind Good morning, my friend What's happening out there in beautiful RI? Good, morning. good morning, Michael, how you been? Good, good, good What's going on in your neck of the word?
3: Well, you know, this whole thing with the, uh, you know, the, especially the last call there. That, uh, that's a, uh, you're right. just simple. well had time if there ever was anything. However, you know, I think the uh, Russian thing is just more than the, the opening act of what's things to come in the world. I think it's going to start out with the Russia doing what they're doing. This is going to migrate over to China and what the, what they're planning to do with Taiwan or what they really like to do with Taiwan. So, I mean, we, it's going to turn into a global a global situation, and God knows where it's going to go from there, you know, as far as, like, South America and a few other places that, well, you know, age, age-long squabbles have been going on. This could uh, turn into more than just squabbles, you know, the way things are going. So uh, it's going to be very interesting the way this is all going to turn out.
1: It is. Um, It was interesting. I was reading some analysis yesterday, um, you know, some of the different choices that are going on around there. And, of course, now we've created we could be creating the perfect um, the perfect storm. It could have the unintended consequences, all the economic sanctions in Russia. Um, One of the unintended consequences of that is could is that it could make them more vulnerable to, uh, uh, you know, to uh, having to go into bed with China. Uh, over the economic sanctions uh and and have China prop up their um prop up their uh, their economy and do some other things it may force them into bed with that which again if if it happens, that's also kind of troubling. But yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of different moving parts of this, and it's definitely an interesting thing to watch. But um, uh, you know, it, it's heartbreaking at the same time to see all these people be displaced and uh, and killed and have to fight for their homes and everything else. It's uh, it's a it, it's definitely we live in interesting times. Let's say that.
3: Yes, we do. Well, you know, the thing is, though, you know, the UN. I mean, the whole. The whole point in establishing the UN was to have these, you know, a safety valve when these issues pop up, and you can bring everybody to the table and sit there and hash out, uh, you know, hash out everybody's uh, everybody's want list, and you know, prevent these things from happening, prevent wars and conflict, military conflicts from taking place in the world. And apparently, it's a, it's a drash, it's a terrible failure. Apparently, because it's you know, I mean, these things pop up and everybody just kind of turns their backs and you know they go at it and you know nothing. You know, all you can do is become a spectator, you know, instead of uh, you know trying to trying to avert war, you know, which could turn into a world war if it really gets out of hand. Especially with nukes, I mean that—that's a scary part. Well, you
1: know? yeah, I mean that's, <laughs> that's always real scary. yeah. I mean that's I what. No things are wrong. That's the only thing holding anybody back right now from really giving any assistance to the Ukraine is the is the fact that the first thing that he did was you know, uh, threaten and rattle the nuclear saber. Uh, that's what's holding everybody back right now for sure. And of course, uh, somebody sent me a message this morning saying the stock market uh, is actually what was the comment here. Um. Some analysts are pricing in limited nuclear war into their market analysis right now. I mean, I hope not. Nobody wants to see you know, that. You, said, you, you know.
3: T- yeah, uh, yeah, Tactical, yeah, tactical news. Okay. The other point I want to make, Michael, if you got time, yep. you, you know, you talked about the ammo situation with the seven sixty two and yep. you know the Russian rounds. I think there, there's so many countries over there that are making that stuff other than Russia. I mean, they we're more than happy to jump in and fill the fill void, you know, uh, and then the manufacturers here, you know, you have, you know, it's funny, the ammunition manufacturing in the United States is kind of like beer companies. You know, you wind up with a handful of biggies like Budweiser and Schlitz and this one and that one. And you know, they right, the, the, right. the regular ones, Michelob, and then you wind up with all these little ones and that's exactly what we have in the ammunition, you know, industry in this country. We have, all these little manufacturers, you know, uh, American this, American right. Arms and this one and that one, and you know, there's so many, so many of them out there. Can you go to a, like a gun store and look at the shelf? I never heard it. Is. It is a brand new brand. <laughs>
1: right, it's like the craft you know? beer. It's so like the I craft think, beer think, of the ammunition industry. would be more than happy drink. to jump in and make it right it's like the craft beer of the ammunition right. industry uh kind of thing you know right you, you got the little yeah. brewers and you got the big brewers i mean if there's enough of a demand and i think that there is probably enough of a demand for russian ammo for 762 by 39 that eventually some company will step up and you are right a lot of the eastern european nations that are now You know, quasi free and and independent, they could step up because they're using. I mean, the most ironic thing that I find right now in the Ukrainian deal is that both sides are using exactly the same weapon systems. I mean, from tanks to uh, to APCs, to rifles, to everything else, um, you know, uh, I had to chuckle because they're the every time they you know they showed a Russian column being destroyed, you saw all the Ukrainians swarming over it and basically scavenging all the ammo and the and the anti tank stuff and everything else because they're all using the same thing. Um, so yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of these Eastern European nations may be able to step up into the gap down the road and maybe fill in some of these things for uh, you know ammo supply and everything else but it takes a while for that stuff to spin up. So like I was just saying I mean I think if you've got uh, Russian ammo good for you if you're looking for it and you find it you may want to buy it for now because you're probably not going to see a ready supply of it for at least I mean I would say it would be at least a year or two before any other company could step up into the gap and they could get the import uh, licenses and everything else to get it here. I think that would be part of the problem.
3: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you though. Have you heard anything about a second, uh, second hoarding of ammunition coming up? You know, another another shortage.
1: Uh, I have not heard anything yet. I mean, we're still, uh, you know, we're still kind of struggling to get just regular ammo. I don't know if we've really come out of the last shortage, but I haven't heard of anything new uh, right out of the gate. Um, have you? Are you? Are you hearing something about uh, that?
3: Yeah, I, 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 I kind of, I was kind of. Fishing around the other night online and I kind of ran across a couple of articles that mentioned there's a possibility of a second shortage of ammo coming, you know, because uh, a lot of government contracts and a lot of international contracts are sending, you know, they, they want billions, billions with a B, you know, rounds made, you know, just for them to, you know, to, you know, to right. uh, satisfy these contracts Right. and it's gonna, they're going to cut you know, that in p- good possibility going to cut back the commercial production. You know, if they have to, if these contracts go through and they get signed off on, it'd be crazy to turn them down. These manufacturers, of course, but still, it kind of leaves us a little high and dry if they do it again.
1: Well, uh, I haven't heard anything new, but it wouldn't surprise me. I know Remington put that new plant online, and that definitely eased some of the congestion. Um, I mean, if the demand continues to outstrip the supply, eventually other manufacturers are either going to, um, you know, they're going to have, somebody's going to step up into the gap. And like you said, maybe it's the smaller players. Maybe it's the craft brew, uh, you know, ammo manufacturers that will be doing it. And, And maybe, if nothing else, this gives everybody a reason to learn how to go out and reload. Maybe that's uh maybe that's the, the the way to do it. Fred, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh I got time for one more call if we're quick this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? <laughs>
5: Hey, good morning, Michael. This is Mike from Fairbanks, but I'm down here in Montana. I had to help. I flew down to help out a family member here in Savage, Montana, but I'm um, right now I'm visiting some friends over here in Northern, Northeastern Montana in the little town called Colbertson. And, okay. uh, these guys uh, at the Eller camps here, Andy Eller camp, he's a uh, expert at uh fanatic on firearms. And, uh, these guys actually know people who have a million rounds. Stocked up, and they've been collecting all their lives. And you're—I think you're right. It's—it's it's better than collecting silver.
1: Oh, it definitely—it's. I mean, it's more precious metals. Uh, the brass and lead is worth more than gold. And—and—and and, and at this point, if I had bought all that stuff back in the day. Uh, I would be a wealthy, wealthy man if I wanted to sell it. But that's the question. Do you want to sell it off or do you want to have it to use? Now, a million rounds seems a little excessive to me. But, uh, you know, having a few thousand <laughs> rounds for each of your uh, each of your uh, main calibers that you use, probably not a bad thing when you're all said and done. But uh, – uh, Mike, hold the line here. We're going to come up against the break here. we're jumping uh, we're jumping into it. so hold the line, Mike I'll be uh, we'll be talking to you here during the break. The Michael Duke show continues. We got more coming up. Don't go anywhere. hour two is dead ahead. We'll be finishing up the show with Willie Waffle. still got some headlines to get to for Gun Q and a. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. back with more. All right, we're gonna go back to Mike uh, here. Sorry about that, Mike, but we were up against the hard break at the top of the hour. Uh, so, I mean, what's the what's, yeah. what? What did you learn out of that? That you we should all be stocking up on more ammo, or what's your what's your thoughts?
5: Uh, yeah, well, I was amazed that these guys and they won't sell. You couldn't buy a round off of these guys that that own this much ammo, and uh, also. Andy's neighbor there, uh, actually it's his uncle. He's got a small factory behind his house where he reloads and he won't sell. These these guys are hardcore. And and down here in Montana, I'm, I'm amazed at the, the, uh, the people who collect firearms. And I I guess they just went to a show last week in Glendive, Montana, a big firearm show. It's like it empties the whole town out. I mean, they closed (laughs) down stores uh, so everybody could participate in the gun show. And, uh, they do a lot of trading there. You can bring your firearms and trade there, I guess. And, uh, but anyway, I wanted to ma- also talk Mike on the irony of the liberal Democrats, how now they want all the citizens of Ukraine to arm themselves with, uh, AK 47 automatics. <laughs> <laughs> and here in America, you would be arrested for that. Well,
1: we saw that the most <clears throat> the most ironic post on Twitter was the Occupy Democrats uh, uh, post where they, uh, you know, six, eight, ten months ago, they posted up about how we didn't need these weapons of war on the street and, and everything else, and they had no business being in the hands of private citizens, and then another tweet that they put out a week or two ago that basically said, look at Ukraine go, they're giving out 10,000 rifles to citizens, you know, repost this if you stand with people being armed in Ukraine, and yada, yada. and I'm just like, <laughs> you guys, I mean, you, you, you've got no consistency whatsoever, you don't understand the nature of government if you are if you are so wishy-washy on this you do not understand the nature of government as a whole
5: yeah and and you know another irony mike is is, uh i'm being satirical here though but i am just so upset they're not wearing masks over there during this war this is just ridiculous or (laughs) not they don't have their masks on yeah uh (laughs) Uh
1: uh-huh i see that i see that Um, no, I'm with you. It's, uh, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, there's a lot of irony going on over there. Um, all right. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Yes, sir. I hope you're safe down there and, uh, we'll uh, wait for you to get back to Alaska. Thanks for calling in. You got it, buddy. Um, all right. Uh, that leads, uh, to, uh, back to the chat room here. We're in the top of the hour. Chris said, I should watch the documentary by Oliver Stone, which is what uh, Brady uh, mentioned, this Oliver Stone video from the time Crimea was invaded uh, by Russia. And I have not seen the Oliver Stone documentary. I'll go search it out and see if I can watch it this weekend. Um, But again... um, We'll, we'll. I'll. I'll reserve my judgment till after I've seen it. But again, just the argument, Chris, that Brady was putting out there—that somehow these two diametrically opposed things, the Jews and the Nazis, were somehow actually one thing—was, um, I guess, what really threw the whole thing for me on that. Um, why does the government, our government, appear to care for the rest of the world more than our citizens? Well, because they're not their citizens, I guess. Um, you know, they know better than us how to run our lives. And they, you know, they want to run everybody else's life, too. So but they got to get them under their thumb before they can do it. Maybe that's what part of the problem is. <laughs> I don't know, Jimmy. Why is Africa still Africa, says Jim? Um, yeah, Good, good question. Um, Sean goes, Uh, why do people always try and spin it as uh, the Nazis? totenkopf dead person's head um oh he's talking about the symbol of the the death's head symbol which has been used in yeah military units for a long time um i i mean like i said i'm going to go back here and i will i will uh i'll I'll watch this thing and see what we can uh i'll watch this this uh documentary and see what it you know what it has to say but um, as of right now, I'm not, I have not been swayed by the, I have not just watching the people on the streets and things that have been going on and the, you know, things that they're hitting hospitals and some of these other things with the, I'm just, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not buying into it all. And I'm, I'm trying to watch the news from every perspective, including the Russian perspective. I've, I've watched some of the Russian newscasts as well on this, just cause I'm interested in it. What's going on. Rusty says, "Doesn't the metal storm weapon use electricity? Theoretically, shooting up to 1.6 million rounds, uh, though it's not a practical gun. I mean, there's all kinds of things. I mean, they do. The Navy is working on a railgun to mount on their ships. The Navy, uh, you could see the tests. I mean, they are impressive as hell. They are working on railguns for um, for uh, uh, for mounting them onto battleships, or I guess um, you know, basically naval ships." <laughs> Um, we don't really have any battleships anymore, but they are, they are mounting them, but I mean, they've got to have their own power supply. They've got to, there's lots of things, but yeah, there's been some super impressive, uh, test shots with that. They have one that shot through, um, gosh, I can't remember how many different, I mean, they basically set up steel plates, um, you know, over the course of this round and they, man, they they just oof it penetrated everything And uh, so, yeah, so there's some impressive things out there. I mean, the technology is coming. The, the rail gun is going to be the next thing in the future. Somebody mentioned earlier that they were shooting stuff out of the sky with lasers. Star Wars is here. Yeah, I mean, they're using high-speed lasers to kill drones and planes and to burn out missiles and do other things. So the technology is advancing. We will have a railgun gun eventually. Um, I would just love to have one to shoot just to play around with because I I just find the technology fascinating personally. Uh, I would love to see uh, something like that. Anyway, we are uh, coming up here on the break. Uh, we're going to continue our two dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Great thinking right now. Think,
4: put that thing back in its holster we haven't gone anywhere i don't understand check out the michael for information on how to get access to the podcast
0: the michael duke show i have two guns one for each of you firearms friday
2: as Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed.
0: To be at all times armed. to
2: my new friend!
3: I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Kinchin. The right to keep and
1: bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms.
0: From my cold, dead hands.
1: Friday.
2: It's my rifle, it's my gun. This is for fun. it's for fun.
4: Firearms
1: Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here on the Michael Duke Show Broadcasting Live. Across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the Internet. Thank you for coming in and joining us. Don't forget, every morning you can also join us in the chat room, uh, which is available on Facebook and on YouTube right now. Uh, You can go to either one of those platforms and search up my name and uh, find us there. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke show is the easiest way and just click on the live video and you'll be in the chat room with the 30 or 40 or 50 people that uh, um, uh, that are in there uh, hanging out with us. And we've been talking about all different kinds of stuff today. It's been kind of a smorgasbord. I got up. I, again, I, my, I admitted that I woke up late. (laughs) I overslept this morning. And so I don't normally have kind of the, usually I try to have some kind of Structure to the show this morning. We're just kind of going like whatever. We're just going everywhere We've talked about rail guns. We've talked about uh, ammunition We've talked about ukraine and nazis and this and that and we, we just kind of been all over the place this morning um I pontificated that I wanted to, that I would love to see a uh i I'd love to shoot a rail gun. We were talking about gauss rifles and rail guns um and uh uh, you know of course dan says if you want a railgun, but i want a mr fusion to power my car which is the back to the future thing uh yeah no i'm i'm they're just so there's so much cool technology coming out there um and things things are starting to change now uh in even in the firearm world we talked about this a while ago that they're coming out with these new forms of ammo <clears throat> that are um uh, that are like three-part ammo Where the the jacket and the the base of the bullet And the jacket are two separate parts And then the, the projectile And there's, you know, technology is eventually evolving The, the guns have remained pretty static for 150 years uh, Firearms have remained fairly static In their design and in their implementation But you're slowly starting to see some changes And uh, I think that that's an, that's an interesting science to watch If nothing else um, and so we've been talking about that this morning. Uh, we've hit on a couple of the headlines, uh, but nothing super uh, big yet. Uh, and I have opened up the phone lines for Q&A. So if you would like to participate this morning, we'd love to hear what you have to say at 907-433-3150. 907 433 3150. If you would like to uh if you'd like to sound off this morning, uh we would love to hear what you uh what you have to say. Um so for a second, let's talk about um I guess what not to do. Uh it's a couple of the stories that piqued my interest this morning as I was rapidly trying to get, I was, you know. <laughs> Uh, because I overslept, Uh, I was rapidly trying to find some stories that were interesting to me and that I thought would be interesting to you. And I I found this one to be a teaching moment. There's a story here in Bearing Arms uh, talking about um, this this spate of uh, robberies in Houston, Houston, Texas. And the worst part about all these robberies is that they are preventable. And this should be a cautionary tale for anybody who decides that they want to go forth armed, that they're going to conceal carry to protect themselves and those around them. And the headline reads, 3,600 guns stolen from cars in Houston last year. Now, stolen guns are problematic for a variety of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, because they deny you the ability to defend yourself. Second of all, you are arming some criminal, because obviously they're a criminal because they are stealing your gun. And it means that you're, you know, you, you, you should be paying attention to what's going on. Um, the problem, though, is that people are obviously making it very easy in Houston For this to go on, Houston police are warning of a concerning trend involving a rise in the number of firearms uh, uh, stolen from cars. It's out of our control, said Sergeant Tracy Hicks from the Houston Police Department's Auto Theft Crimes Task Force. People have to stop leaving their guns in their car. According to Hicks, More than 3,600 guns were stolen from cars in Houston throughout 2021. In January of 22, the pattern continued with more than 350 guns taken from vehicles in Houston. These people who are stealing guns from cars, they're people who aren't allowed to have guns. Felons, says Hicks. They're also selling them to people who aren't allowed to have guns. It's like more than 10 a day are stolen out of these cars. And and while the people who, who were robbed, and the people who were robbed, now they are victims, but again, you, you have to, you, there's a certain amount of responsibility, <laughs> 10 a day, there's a certain amount of responsibility that comes when you go out and you decide to go forth armed. That includes making sure that your gun is secure at all time. And that's actually a rule for whether it's on your person or whether you're putting it something someplace else. You have to be able to secure and know what's going on with this firearm. And leaving your guns in your car, I mean, it makes no sense from a from a tactical standpoint, it makes no sense. Secondly, you're just making it easy for the criminals. I mean, sometimes You have to, you know, I'm going to go into a federal building, right? I'm going to go into some place where there's a, you know, a metal detector or something like that. Okay, well, that's great. Well, do you have a lockbox in your car? Do you have a, a car? They make, I mean, they make car safes, car gun safes for your vehicles that are, you know, you can bolt them to the frame of the car. You can bolt them to the floorboards. I mean, you can you can do that. Your firearm should be secure. In Texas, it's a constitutional carry state, So there's almost no reason to leave them in your car. Now, also, if you have smart criminals and they know, for example, that you have to go into a courthouse or a post office or somebody, you know, maybe they're just targeting those areas. But to me, I look at this and I just go, "Okay, look, you are trying to be the responsible citizen to take responsibility for your own personal protection. Why don't you go that extra mile to make sure that your firearm is secure in your car? I mean, is it just laziness? You know, you put your gun in your car so you don't have to think about it. Uh, They figure, oh, I can just grab my gun from my car if I need it, but you don't. Can you really? I mean, let's face it. If you need a firearm, you probably need a firearm right now. Right? I mean, you probably need a firearm now. So does it make sense to just leave it in your vehicle? But again, that's always been my, that's always been my complaint, by the way, about, um, um, uh about these places where you know people you you when when Alaska, for example, you couldn't bring a gun in you couldn't bring your concealed carry firearm into banks and and i I used to think, man, if I was a criminal, I knew exactly what I would do. I would park myself in a parking lot of a bank and watch people come in and go out and if it looked like they were disarming themselves, if I could see through the windows of their car and they looked like they were disarming themselves when they went inside, I mean that'd be the first car I'd break into right? It just, it makes no sense whatsoever. But this is, uh, this should be a lesson. Again, this should be a cautionary tale for all of you, my friends who go forth armed. If you find yourself leaving your gun in your vehicle with any kind of regularity or frequency, you probably need to invest in the the car lock boxes, the gun safes that they get for cars, where it could be, it's you know, it's bolted to the frame, and it's going to take more than a few minutes for them to get into it. So, uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's my cautionary tale on that one for today. Let's go over to the phones at 433-3150, the Pivotel call-in line for uh, open line, open forum on uh, gun Q&A. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
6: Hey, this is Aaron Griffin calling from Kodiak. How are you guys
1: doing this morning? Good, Aaron. How is life on the Emerald Isle? Um, It's very rainy
6: right now, <laughs> although that's not un- like it always is. Yeah, you know? exactly.
1: I mean, that just sounds like um, another day on Kodiak.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's been typical. I mean, it's just been the way um, I know spring's not quite here yet, but we're close, you know?
1: Right, right.
6: Um. I was calling, you were just, you were talking about gun technologies and, um, and I have a thought. It's, it's interesting how uh, the gun technology is very closely, I think, related with, with oil tech, quite frankly, or new green tech. Um, it turns out that gunpowder is a very efficient form of, of storing energy. And um, right. similar to what hydrocarbons, like uh, whether you're talking about gasoline or, or, or natural gas, um, the reason that the technology hasn't morphed into the new stuff is because they just haven't figured out how to store energy Better right and once they do Then the free market and capitalism Will will morph that into the Next better product
1: you right know? No and it's always good to see That kind of exploration uh, I remember back in the late 80s Early 90s heckler and Koch was Making a um, they Were making a new style They had like they had it was like their DARPA you know they were doing Experiments and they had created a um, A caseless uh, caseless um, um, ammunition for their uh, for their rifles that they were testing out, and they were putting it all. It was some kind of high explosive where the bullets were actually embedded in it, and then it would fire inside the rifle. And you know, I mean, it was it was novel and unique. But as you said, regular over you know regular old gunpowder worked just as well. But that's the kind of things you got to take those steps to figure out what works and, do- and what doesn't. And I think some of this new, like you're seeing now, some of these new hybrid these new hybrid rounds that are like three-piece shells three-piece casings um they're utilizing some higher end and more powerful uh i mean they're doubling the pressures available uh from some of this being able to concentrate it and things like that so you're right i agree i think that that is
6: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: i'm sorry that what you you broke up there
6: know right, you see the yeah. Um, yeah, like, that's when you look, you know, you look at, like, your muscle energies and velocities and stuff, all those things kind of, like, incorporate into that. Um, I don't know if you saw the, like, the three finalists, two of the three finalists right. for the Army's replacement uh-huh. of the of the AR platform right. had
1: composite casings. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, we talked about that a couple, three, four weeks ago, that that was, the two of them had the composite different, you know, three-part casings and things like that for the new modern weapon system, which I, and again, I find fascinating that that's, I I found it fascinating that that's where the technology change was happening, not in the rifle itself, but in the ammunition component of it.
6: Right, right, no doubt. Good conversation. Well, thank you,
1: thank you, my friend. I appreciate you signing off and uh, and being part of it. All right, folks, we are up against the break. We are about to jump into it. We've got Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, Season 4. He's going to be joining us here in just a few moments, and we are going to continue our discussions of guns and the Second Amendment and so much more. It is The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Your Mental Suppository The Michael Duke Show. Okay, we are in the break right now, and we are joined by Top Shot champion Chris uh, Chang, who uh, is with us right now. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing? Hey, great
7: as always, and uh, yeah, excited to be on the show today.
1: Well, it's good to have you. Uh, I woke up, I was so discombobulated. I woke up late this morning. I never oversleep. Like, I haven't overslept in like... Four years, and uh, I overslept this morning, and uh, so I'm I'm a little discombobulated trying to get everything put together. Uh, so it's good that you it's good that you remembered that you were calling in because I certainly
7: <laughs> indeed I, indeed
1: <laughs> I, c- I certainly didn't remember that you were calling in. So I appreciate uh, I appreciate your uh, your stalwartness on that. Um, uh, so how are things going in your world, Chris? what's uh, What's happening? What should we talk about today before when we come back to the radio?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, boy, you know, the the Ukraine situation is, you know, clearly been very top of mind for me, and there's very direct, you know, applications for the Second Amendment and this value of us of, of an armed civilian populace. Yeah, is uh, obviously yeah very top of mind. Um, we could talk a little bit more about NFCs if that's of interest. Yeah, um, yeah, there's been. Um, just you know continued interest in the firearms community and industry about nfts and um let's see uh and i mean washington state i was reading a little bit about how you know they're having a a magazine capacity restriction that's coming uh that's going to be put in place and uh i think next month in april (laughs) yeah there's this big rush Of everyone, you know, buying as many standard capacity magazines as they can before this, you know, silly ban takes place. They'll
1: have two million more new magazines in Washington before this whole thing is done, which I think is totally kind of... You know, antithetical to what they're trying to do, but uh, you know, it's it's counterintuitive. But that's that's where they're going. Okay, well, good. Well, I think yeah, I think we've got some stuff to talk about, especially on the Ukraine side of things. It's kind of interesting. Did you see the? Did you see the tweet from? Um, we were just talking about this, the tweet from Occupy Democrats, uh, did you happen to see that? No, mm-mm. Oh, so I'll, I, I should try and pull it up during the break here, but you know, it's ironic that you got a group uh, like Occupy Democrats, who are part of the chop of the Chaz and the whole thing in Seattle and the takeover and all this kind of stuff, where they have been tweeting out about how American citizens didn't need weapons of war and uh, that guns were bad, assault rifles, were, even though, again, they were supporting all these, you know, takeovers of These different places and Hollis is Bad and then when the day that the Ukrainian government announced that They were passing out a gun to any Citizen that wanted one and not just a Gun but a full-on, full-auto AK-74, AK-47 battle rifle. You know, full-auto, rock and roll, the whole deal. And all of a sudden, they're like, look, yes, this is what they're doing. Stand with Ukraine. Retweet this. They're doing this. They're arming the citizens. And it's just like the hypocrisy. This is the same group of people that say the police are bad, but only – the police should have guns. We should defund the police, but the police should be the only ones that are allowed to have firearms to protect, you know. I mean, it's it's just the irony of it is so thick you could cut it with a knife. Wow.
7: Yeah, that's 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 ridiculous. I'd love to talk more about that on there. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. So we can get into that and everything else. Uh, you guys ready for uh, spring down there?
7: Oh, yeah. I mean, we've actually had great weather. Um, it's, I mean, it's actually ironically concerning because we're in a drought situation here in California, which seems like a perpetual thing. So, you know, we don't want too much nice weather. We actually need the rain, and we haven't really gotten much of it this winter
1: yeah well I guess um uh, it's nice to have nice weather i mean here it's uh it's five below it's twenty above it's snow, no, it's rain, no, now it's forty degrees, nope, now it's five degrees. I mean it's just like we <laughs> it can't make up its mind up here we've <laughs> We've had like fall spring like four times already, so yeah, it's uh. It's, it's pretty crazy, but, uh, you know, the I guess the best thing about sunny CA is that the weather never changes, really. I mean, yeah, exactly. What, what is it, five degrees is a big swing for you guys or something? <laughs> it's all said and done. All right, well, hold the line, Chris. We're going to jump back into it here in just a second. TopShotChris.com is his website. Chris Chang, author of the book Shoot to Win and a Top Shot champion from season four, Uh, We're going to continue with him here in just a second And no, Brian, I did not remember That's what I was trying to tell him I was so gamboozled this morning I forgot Luckily he remembered Here we go The Michael Duke Show All right, welcome back to the program. Like I said, waking up late had me all bamboozled. But luckily, Chris Chang, he knows his stuff. He remembers. He could put stuff on his calendar. Chris Chang, Top Shot champion, season four of the uh, show Top Shot, author of the book Shoot to Win, comes on and talk to us about all the firearms news from his perspective down there in sunny California.
7: Uh, good morning, Chris, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great here. I am not bamboozled and I'm wide awake (laughs) and very excited to be chatting with you and your listeners about... Second Amendment guns and gun culture
1: I love it I love it all right well <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit here about Ukraine uh because I think of course it's been basically swamping the news cycle uh I mean covid what I mean it's all Ukraine all the time right now um, and one of the most amazing things that I've seen here uh recently is the fact that the Ukrainian citizens have you know basically joined together hand in hand taken up arms uh The Wall Street Journals had some very interesting articles about this uh interviewing some of the more prominent members members of Ukrainian society who have gone out there and become members of these citizens brigades. And uh, I mean, they're, they are ready to fight for their freedom. They're ready to fight for any, you know, to always be free. Um, And I find it just, you know, a modern day equivalent of what happened at Lexington and Concord.
7: Yeah, it is. I've been so inspired watching Ukrainian citizens, right? Your average people taking up arms in defense of their country and freedom and democracy. And as an IT person, I read this BBC article lately that really resonated with me, where the article said tech people turning in their keyboards for guns.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw an article about a programmer who was he's like, last week I was on a keyboard, you know, programming. And he goes, today I'm in the field with a rifle in the dirt trying to defend my family i mean it's and, just yeah
7: right and that notion is i think wild for many americans to think about right that right if our day jobs right if, if the united states if we ever got invaded and we had to just abandon our day jobs right and take up arms in defense of our country i mean that is a a totally foreign kind of concept right to us right that we would um we would uh, ever have to do that but right this is this is something that's happening in ukraine and i and i think the the problem i think a lot of americans we have sometimes is when we hear you know international news that it's something that happens quote over there right and things that happen right. over there right this could never happen here and i want to challenge that notion right that things that happen anywhere in the world could easily happen here In the United States. So it's and that's why we have the Second Amendment, right? This is this is our opportunity to be an armed population that is trained, right? That we, you know, I've been, you know, a a professional marksman for 10 years now. And I was, you know, a recreational shooter before that. But if you can imagine, or put yourselves in, in, yourself in the shoes of that Ukrainian programmer or the Ukrainian salesperson, right, who sells, you know, widgets, right, for his day job. And all of a sudden, without having decades of training, is just thrown into a war. I mean, that is, I mean, I'm inspired by those that are volunteering for the war. But wouldn't it be better if the, the civilian population had an opportunity to have years and decades right to train their marksmanship skills so it is i think a very interesting lesson i think for for america and to really think about what is the value of the second amendment and let's look at what's happening in ukraine and having right. this tyrannical government in Russia coming in and trying to occupy and take over their country.
1: Yeah. No, it is. It is interesting. Uh, somebody in the chat room mentions that. What about the survey that suggested a sizable number of so-called Americans would flee rather than fight? We've seen that in Ukraine, too. I mean, two million half of the population of uh, Kiev. Uh, You know, has left men, women and children. So it's not everybody who stayed to fight, but those who are inspired to will stop it. And they've stopped, you know, what was feared to be the biggest, deadliest, ugliest monster in the room, the Red Army. They I mean they have slowed it down and, and ground it to a halt. Will they be able to do it in the long run is another question. But I mean just think about this. These are people who many of them no longer have homes. I mean their their homes or their apartments or their their towns have been shelled into oblivion. And and really in a lot of cases, these people have got nothing more to lose, right? They're fighting for their homeland. They're fighting for their families. And, uh, uh I mean, it is inspiring to watch. It's, it's, dis- it's, it's, uh, it's distressing to see the, the level of chaos and damage and everything else. And it, you know, hurts your heart, but at the same time, it's inspiring to see people stand up and say, we're going to do what we need to do.
7: Absolutely. And, you know, th- th- this war is totally with respect to the loss of human life and and, and destruction. And it has been also, I mean, to bear away from firearms for just a second, it it has been very interesting to see how quickly the international community has responded in pressuring Russia with, you know, financial sanctions that we have never seen at this speed and scale. Um, And and so, you know, I, I hope like I think most Americans and most people around the world. I mean, I hope that this war ends soon, right? That there's a ceasefire and Russia just just pulls back because, you know, war is, you know, it's 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 rarely a good thing. Um, in it, it's, yeah. I mean, I just you know, it, it's it's been a rough two years too, right? With <laughs> with COVID, right. And right? Here we are coming out of the pandemic, and geez, right here we have you know this other you know globally just you know um you know d- d- disturbing action here that is um boy you know we just can't we just have a normal <laughs> a normal life for right for once so we'll right. see what happens
1: out of the frying pandemic and into the fire right i mean that's kind of where, yeah. where, where we're at right now um but there are some lessons to be learned here as well uh you know this argument about uh, you, we hear this now this has been the rhetoric for the last two or three years now from a lot of the anti-gun people is you know we don't need these weapons of war on the street now. If you really broke that down, you realize that pretty much any modern-day firearm has its roots in warfare. I mean, the you know, whether you're talking about a lever-action Winchester, which was standard issue for the U.S. Army back in the day, to the uh, Remington Model 700, which is the basis for the M24 sniper platform, to whatever, most guns have their roots in warfare or military action so that's kind of a, a, a you know a, a misleading statement to begin with but here we see what happened in ukraine they opened up their gun laws in the week prior to the invasion and then the government itself started handing out uh tens of thousands of uh, of actual military grade firearms and they were saying anybody that wants one come down and get one we're going to yeah, give it not, to you
7: and not just military grade firearms but surface to air missiles and rocket launchers and anti tank yep. munitions. And these are a lot, a lot of times, like these are civilians who are getting trained very quickly, right? Yeah. In, in the use of these weapons. And, and I, again, I think a lot of Americans aren't quite wrapping our heads around how these are untrained civilians who are getting trained very quickly in their use of of all of these quote you know weapons of war and military-grade weapons and look like at the end of the day you know when when war comes to your doorstep you need people and you need weapons and yeah w- without without those two components i mean how can any country or any people fight back so Having the people, having the weapons, it's it's it just for me, it, it is as simple as that.
1: Well, in the uh, the abrupt about face from many people out there, including we were talking about the Occupy Democrats tweet, where at one point they were saying, oh, we don't need these weapons of war and guns are bad and blah, blah, blah. And then the next tweet, you know, three months later, when the Ukraine thing happens, look, they're giving out guns. If you support the Ukrainian people, you know, retweet this, you know, they should be this is great that they're giving out ten thousand. And automatic AK47s and and I just find it ironic well it's okay over there but it's not okay here it makes me scratch my head
7: yeah it, it is definitely a head scratcher and you know the the anti-gun gun grabbing camp they love saying conflicting things like this all the time right that for some reason you know, right, gun rights aren't aren't good enough they're they're not they're not something that we should have here but for for some reason right guns are good in other places that aren't here right it's right. sort of not it's sort of almost like a nimbyism like a not in my backyard right. kind of mentality right it's like oh you know i don't want guns here but you know oh other countries if 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 they want guns okay whatever you know out of sight out of mind and i think a lot of gun grabbers just don't understand or appreciate this principle of a trained armed civilian population and i also understand why i mean i think for a lot of gun grabbers the 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 thought of a a non-professional you know civilian being armed is it can be a scary thought because i think for a lot of gun grabbers you know it's the professionals like the military and law enforcement like security guards etc etc you know they're a little more comforted with them having guns but like we're talking about occupied democrats well they also don't trust the police. Wait, so right, <laughs> if you don't trust the police, but you're saying right that oh that they that they should have guns, like well, wait, which is it? Right. It's it sort of it doesn't make sense. It's right. It's, it's very conflicted. It
1: is conflicted and it's crazy. Boy, the time's running out fast. We're down to about a minute and a half here. Um, real quickly, Washington state's about to enact a uh, a standard capacity magazine ban, meaning anything uh, 30 rounds is going to be illegal. That's had the opposite effect. Give me your thoughts on that in about 60 seconds.
7: Yeah. You know, we we saw the same thing happen here in California. And, you know, I keep on uh, warning you know, listeners in Alaska and in other parts of our country that what happens in California and other states with respect to gun control, it could easily come to you. And there are people like me that are trying to, you know, to speak out and push back and fight this, fight all these gun control measures. And so, you know, uh, in Washington State, I mean, people are rushing to gun shops right. and placing online orders for standard capacity magazines before they're banned. And it's 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 a really sad situation. <laughs> and I hope we get that turned around. It'll sometimes. have
1: the opposite effect. They'll have two million more magazines before the law goes into effect. Chris Chang, Bingo. Top Shot champion. Hold the line, my friend. Thank you so much. Folks, we're out of time. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio.
4: Streaming live every weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
1: One final bite here. I'll give Chris one final bite at the apple. Uh, We're in the break. But, uh, yeah, no, Chris, I just I find it ironic that they keep doing this. And there's actually been a question. uh, One of the I think it was bearing arms that said, uh, will this lead? to an outflow? Will it prompt a two-way exodus out of the state of Washington because they just keep piling stupid law on top of stupid law? What are your thoughts on that?
7: It's an interesting question because, you know, Washington state, at least from the perspective of a Californian, uh, I've, I've viewed Washington state with respect to Second Amendment freedoms as a very strong pro 2 a state. So my perception from what I've been, I've been speaking to some of my Washington, you know, state resident friends that yeah, you know, they they are used to freedom, right? That they they are used to it, they appreciate it and they celebrate their second amendment freedoms and now that they're seeing those freedoms restricted, it could, you know, result in an outflow, to be frank, I hope that doesn't happen because here's why. In order to fight and push back against restrictions, you have to have people yeah. who are able to vote in the right, state. you Who are right. able to push back. And if you flee the state, well, guess what? You literally are handing a victory to the gun grabbers. And this so is I, one, I hope,
1: yeah, this is one of the reasons why you haven't left California, right?
7: I mean exactly. And I hope that Washington state residents who are pro-second amendment don't flee the state. This is literally a moment where you have to stand your ground and fight
1: the irony of this is that this is all being driven pretty much by king county um, you know the Seattle area and Olympia and that kind of stuff that you know the western Washington and on the other side of the hills and and in Southern Washington it's kind of a whole different story um and this is kind of that's also analogous to California where everything's coming out of Sacramento and Northern California is like we hate you people we wish you'd fall into the sea and, and uh you know I mean that's it's really what it's coming it's coming out of these more urban areas and it's it's crazy some of the eastern Washington counties according to Jim in the chat room said they're trying to join Idaho at this point. I mean, that's ex- that's exactly. I mean, that it's crazy.
7: Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's uh, something we uh, will obviously be continuing to watch. And uh, I mean, I know the magazine capacity restrictions are being challenged in the courts too. And I frankly, that's where I think we will win and where we need to win to put this whole magazine capacity restriction tactic, you know, let's put this to bed and yeah. not have it spread across the rest yeah. of our country.
1: Well, we've already seen the Ninth Circuit come out and say no and now it's been appealed and we'll we'll see where this goes, but I agree. I think that eventually we will be victorious in the courts and I think the Supreme Court is eventually going to have to address this at some point as well and I know that there's several cases that are making their way to the Supreme Court um, and hopefully this becomes a component of one of those cases. So, Yep, agreed. We'll We'll see it. Chris, my friend, as always thank you for coming in. Thanks for being again so so stalwart and dedicated i can't believe i was so scattered this morning i just can't believe that uh, i forgot so
7: no worries i got you i got
1: (laughs) you got you got my back that's what i like i appreciate it thank you my friend it's good to hear from you i hope you have a great month you too bye-bye all right chris chang top shot champion season four uh of the show top shot Ah yeah baby oh yeah all right, uh, we're going to be talking about Willie with Willie Waffle here in just a moment for the weekend movie review. What else is going on here? Washington State has become California, says Terry, thanks to Inslee. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Uh, and like I said, it's Western Washington. It's that King County area. They're the ones that are driving all this discussion and everything else. And it, it is. It's, it's totally frustrating to watch this go on and see these things happen. And I know Washington gun owners are pulling their hair out. Uh, We saw the mandatory background check bill go into effect, the mandatory background check bill where you had to get that background check before you sold your firearm. And we've seen that the compliance rate on that has been almost zero at this point. Um, So maybe that civil disobedience is going to lead a big part of this going forward. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. If you have a 30 round magazine and you add a mag restrictor to make a 28 shot, um, like a pump action. I mean, that's the thing they're saying. I mean, in these cases, they're making it no more than seven rounds or no more than 10 rounds, or, you know, they're picking this arbitrary number out and it makes no sense, um, uh, you know, for what they're doing there. Um, and it very, very frustrating. Um, World War II, they handed out a bandolier rifle and a ammo, uh, Alaska. Somebody mentioned Alaska territorial guard. I like the Ruger PC carbine uses Glock and Ruger mags. says Gary We're talking about some different stuff in the chat room here. Um, <clears throat> uh, the popular military ammo is nuts and unobtainable what's left. French, 6.5 Swede, 7.65 Argentine, 8mm Labelle, and 6.5 Corcano. I mean, yeah, again, if you don't have your ammo supply already stocked up, you're behind the power curve at this point. (laughs) That's the fact. That's the fact. Sean says, what makes more sense, an AK-47 AKM or Ruger, Ruger Mini 30? I would go with the AK if it was me uh because of just availability of parts and mags and everything else. All right, phone's ringing. Time to go. The Michael Duke show. Willy Waffle up next. Common Sense Liberty based free thinking radio. Whoa, TGIFF. Thank goodness it's, well, Firearms Friday, and finally Friday. FFFF. Uh, but we're done with the firearms part of the show today. We're jumping into the entertainment review with our good friend, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Good morning, my friend. What's, uh, what's the haps? What's going on?
8: Oh, you know, something that that kind of started uh, coming uh, coming out uh, later this week. Something I'm kind of excited about. You know, after the Batman was a big financial success, mm-hmm. you knew there were going to be, you know, some additional things happening. Sure. And we didn't announce a sequel this week. We didn't announce anything other than a new
1: HBO Max series about the penguin oh well i mean at least dc i mean they had to get something right eventually right i mean that was the whole the whole thing they've been waiting on this forever to get the one of them right and uh so now they can capitalize on it like uh marvel's been doing for disney oh
8: yeah and and they're they're kind of following that marvel pattern this is going to help us get ready for the next batman movie so we will see colin farrell as the penguin becoming more than just kind of the, the mob lackey that he is in this movie, we're going to see him rising up through the ranks and truly becoming the penguin before movie number two comes out.
1: Well, you know, and it's interesting how movie stars who used to disdain TV are now all about the boy streaming. You got me a streaming gig. I'll stick with that for years. Right. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, let's be honest. What really made it
8: happen was, uh, <clears throat> boy, it pays pretty well. Mm-hmm. And it pays yeah. better than it used to. Right. And, you know, and that's part of it. But I think, you know, the other part of it is is—is I think what you're alluding to, too, is that, you know, television has a, a much more, uh, much more uh, vaunted position in Hollywood these days, you know, really starting with The Sopranos and, and seeing kind of these great TV shows that were so amazing. You know, The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, The Americans. I mean, you know, things that the actors looked at and said, I could sink my teeth into that. I could really enjoy it. And and streaming kind of made it makes it even better because you don't have to make a commitment to do a full 20
1: episodes, Right? you know, you can do six episodes, seven episodes and be done with it. Right. No, it is kind of interesting to see how that's flipped around. Cause it used to be, you did television as a stepping stone to get into the movies and you never went backwards. You didn't, uh, sully yourself to go back to the little box after you hit the silver screen. And now it's like, Oh baby, give me one of them series on Netflix or Amazon or, or wherever. And. And i'll I'll make a mint. Oh, yeah, and especially, you know, hey, let me
8: take, you know, hey, let, why did Colin Farrell want to play the penguin? Okay, if you've seen the Batman, I'm not giving anything away. It's not the biggest role in the movie. Right. It's a decent role, you know, but, you know, he's thinking long term. He's thinking, well, I can also get that little series that's going to lead up to the next movie. Then I can be in the second movie. So, you know, you get somebody of of magnitude, somebody who has a big name, who suddenly says, I'll take some lesser part, you know, a, a great example gwyneth paltrow in in the in the avengers movies you know uh you know right. she if she was more dedicated she could probably have
1: her own show right now right exactly but she's too busy working on goop so it don't matter it's oh god help minute. us all uh... Save,
8: saving the planet one moron by uh, one more exactly on let yeah. me sell
1: you this magical rock um all right um uh, well that's good that's good to know um what else have we got here? Um, I don't even know where to start. Oh, I guess we should start with the Muppets, man. They're getting us great. Yeah, this is amazing. We are gonna get a Muppets spin-off show on Disney Plus,
8: And this is the best part. It is gonna focus in
1: on the electric mayhem band, baby. Oh man, Dr. Teeth Animal. I can't wait.
8: Yep, and and, and I love the story. the story is gonna revolve around their attempts to make their first album. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, all the dealings with the agents in the studio and recording and dealing with fame and, I just think this this to me has the potential to be one of my favorite Disney Plus shows of all time.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you gotta love yourself some classic Muppets, and of course, the the band was always a uh, they always fit him in somewhere. It was always kind of a fun thing to have in there, and now you get a chance to have the whole thing. That sounds like fun. I mean, that's 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 some good stuff that can keep on giving right there. It's gonna be fantastic. I don't. I, I'm already like sitting back, going, "This is gonna be awesome." I, you know, nothing could go wrong. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to do. I'll be honest with you. Since Disney's got the, the hooks in it now, I'm waiting for them to do more of the, uh, the retellings of classic tales. You know, like Treasure Island, and uh, like they did with Treasure Island and a Christmas Carol, and did all that. I really, I mean, I would love to see them pick up some other classics and do them that way because those are so much fun. Oh, yeah. Or, or even I think it would be funny to watch them redo Disney movies. Like oh, yeah. You know, why couldn't why couldn't they redo Beauty and the Beast, the Muppet version? Oh, man, that would be so great. And now <laughs> and now everybody's all one big happy family. So why not? You know, right. Or maybe you yeah. could, maybe you could talk him into doing the Muppets Sopranos oh dear god (laughs) oh lord fozzie bear is tony soprano oh my gosh that would just be so crazy um (laughs) all right so they're gonna make that when is that coming up uh they don't have a date on it right now uh you know it's kind of in that
8: in that pre-production mode uh you know the uh, producer of a tv show the goldbergs adam goldberg is really kind of going to be bringing this along and developing it uh you know there's
1: just not a date if i had to guess i'm
8: gonna say early next year.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'm down with that. I can do it. Um, Nicole Kidman is uh, is back, but not in a good way. I guess she had a little accident. Yes, Nicole
8: Kidman is on the disabled list.
1: The disabled. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> she, right.
8: she she missed the uh, the big Oscar nominees uh, Academy Awards luncheon this uh, week. Uh, you know, which is one of the big highlights of the entire Oscar season, and uh, it was revealed that she was ordered by her doctor to stay home in Nashville because she has torn her hamstring. Now I've seen those legs. I didn't think there was any kind of muscle or hamstring anywhere on those things. Right. But you know, (laughs) it turns out, it turns out she has, she has injured it before. Oh, so this is, this is a recurrence. Uh, You know, she's, she's making a new Amazon series called expats. Hey, there we go. Big movie star doing a series on streaming for Amazon, you know, and, uh, and she was injured and, and I don't know why, because, you know, the, the story of expats, it's not like some action movie. It's, it's not like, you know, she, she's going to be fighting the penguin or something. It's basically about some women living overseas.
1: Right. Well, you know, and she just came off. I love Lucy. And she did another one recently too. That was some kind of psychological thing. So, I mean, she's, she's doing a lot of work for the streaming services. Apparently she's got bills to pay. So good for her. Good for her. She, she could pay my bills with all that money. Yeah, I know, really, exactly. Um, I don't really care about baseball, but give me a thumbnail here on the. I mean, just again, Apple is going to be streaming baseball.
8: Yeah, so the quick the quick is Apple Plus TV will have a Friday night doubleheader starting as soon as they figure out the baseball season. You know, yesterday they just kind of figured out they're going to play. Uh, so, you know, every <laughs> Friday night you'll be able to watch two baseball games on Apple uh, TV Plus and uh, maybe without a subscription for the first month or so to try to –
1: entice you to join ah okay well there you go i can't get apple tv i've got a fire tv and and apparently the app is super buggy i was going to get it for foundation or something and i started reading the reviews on the app and they're like oh no this thing's a hot mess and so i don't know i mean i guess it's you have to have an apple tv or an apple device to watch it i guess well, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I watch Apple TV on my phone,
8: and can I admit that it's an Android? Well, no, that's fine. Yeah, well, maybe that. <laughs> app I don't works. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not getting the full Apple TV Plus because, you know, I, I go into that little critics thing they set up for us. I'm
1: sorry. Ah, well, there you go. That's all right. Shut yeah. up. That's fine. Um, all right. Well, let's move over to the uh, movies. Disney Plus has got a movie. I don't know if it's a tweener movie, young adult, is it a family movie, turning red? It wants to be all of those
8: things. And and frankly, it, it should have been it should have been put in theaters i mean you know, it's only going to be on disney plus it is it is the latest pixar, you know, sensation and it is about this uh, young girl, she's a a, a canadian chinese kid living in toronto uh, and she's 13 years old and uh you know 13 that's a rough time oh man yeah you know it but what makes it even rougher is that when her emotions get the best of her she turns into a big red panda
1: <sighs> That could be awkward at te- yes. in the teenage years as you're going through the changes and everything else and your hormones and your anger and all that. So every time she gets anxious and too excited, she just poof turns into a panda. <laughs> into a
8: panda, uh, and and of course hilarity ensues and you know it's it's everything you're expected to be from from these pixar movies and they just always keep delivering it so well you know all this all the all the complicated relationships between her and her mother you know the emotions that the 13 year old kids going through her great friends this is a gang of friends that all have a good time and all love this boy band and they all want to go see them in concert but uh her mom doesn't uh, <laughs> doesn't really approve of all that, oh, you know. Yeah. Okay, and and you know, let's not lie. Um, you know, turning into a big red panda is somewhat of a metaphor if you catch my drift. Yeah,
1: I get it, I get it, I get it.
8: Yeah, uh, you know, so that but it's dealt with very tastefully. You know, I don't think the little kids are going to get it, and that's all right. Um, you know, so I, I I, think it's like three and a half waffles. I think really? it's refreshing and fun and exciting. Uh, you even have Sandra Oh playing her mom.
1: Well, you know, Pixar does a pretty good job. I can't think of a single one that's really been a dud, so... Not a bad deal. All right, so Disney plus turning red available now.
8: It is available yes Friday today and you can watch it without having to pay the extra like six bucks or 13 bucks or 20 bucks. It's part of your subscription. Okay,
1: all right, I'm down with it. Uh, the next one's one I've been waiting for the atom project the new movie from ryan reynolds he's a time traveler who comes back to 2022 he's got to hook up with his 12 year old self to save the future i've seen a couple trailers of this and it looks it looks fun and exciting give me the give me the dope here
8: i think you know if you're a ryan reynolds fan you're in you're happy you're excited you know it's going to be on netflix or is on netflix pardon me and uh you know i think what you've got again you kind of get the Ryan Reynolds you expect. You know, he's he's going to be kind of a smart aleck. He's going to kind of be cracking some jokes. And imagine putting him together with his 12-year-old self. Oh, man. Yes, there's yeah. going to be a little bit of a contest there to get the laughs. But what the movie, I think, layers in and maybe could layer in a little bit better is, is kind of the, the dramatic effect. I mean, you know, let's face it. This guy is trying to do something very, very big. He's trying to, you know, like they say, save the future. Right. And, you know, so we're learning all about his, his family life and the drama that he had and how this plays into the future. And, and you know, I think that that is what really kind of makes the movie more interesting. You know, I'm going to go like three waffles. I, I think Reynolds is a very underrated uh, dramatic actor. I think he's pretty good. And then you throw in mark ruffalo playing his dad that's going to be kind of (laughs) cool
1: well I, i do i i agree i think ryan reynolds you he could just be a one note where he does basically deadpool in every movie but he actually has got some chops beyond that and when they let him do it he really can stretch and i think that that uh i'm looking forward to seeing that for sure so three waffles for the adam project uh on netflix right now ryan reynolds Go check it out and watch it. We got uh we're actually ahead of schedule here, which is good because I wanted to get to this. First of all, did you get a chance to start watching Resident Alien? I recommended that last week to you. Yeah, I knew it. Just never mind. <laughs> Why do I even bother giving you I recommendations? I found
8: this new show <laughs> called The Dropout and I got into it and I watched the first few episodes. Okay.
1: All right. So that's fine. Never mind. I'm never giving you another recommendation again. But <laughs> Jesus, son, you kill me! Uh, but to the listeners, I just finished this last week. We just finished watching uh, 1883 on Paramount Plus. Now, this is a mm. this is a prequel to Yellowstone, and I have to say, it is one of the finest Western genre shows I have ever. Scene in my life I was blown away By this show uh, It was absolutely Just amazing um, The accuracy That they did For like everything From props To saddles To life on the frontier And what it was like To cross the plains and 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 the family And the drama And the sadness It is definitely Not safe for work It's pretty rough Because it's Pretty true to life As far as what It would have been like Absolutely and astound it is a full four and a half waffles for me for 1883 Damn. yeah i mean you should go watch it right now so but never mind you never will that'll be fine uh, I'm, I'm gonna be snowed in this weekend there so you go i'm
8: gonna have some time on my Hey, hands. 10
1: hours you can get it done Willie waffle WaffleMovies.com. thank you my friend i appreciate it we hey, will- you got it man i'll talk to you next week we will see you next week folks out of time monday we'll see you then have a great day I gotta tell you, Willie. It's not often that I just go—I mean, literally—wow! Just so many wows watching this show. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan. I, I like westerns, not all westerns, but I, I really like some of the epic ones and some of the big ones. Um, but this was just so shocking in um, in in its—you know—in its. You know, in its um, I, I guess it's raw honesty and brutality of what it was like to try and cross the plains from Texas to Oregon, um, and this journey uh, of uh, of uh, James Dutton, who is the who's the, of course, the, the progenitor of John Dutton in the in the show Yellowstone, um, and it's the story all Senator told around from the eyes of his eighteen year old daughter. <laughs> And, and, of course, Sam Elliott and, and uh, I mean, just all these people in this movie, uh, Tim McGraw, uh, Faith Hill, um, uh, a bunch of good character actors. It is, it's an amazing experience. I cannot, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is absolutely amazing.
8: It's essentially the Oregon
1: Trail, the movie, isn't it? You know, you're not kidding, man. I mean. Yeah,
8: I mean. Somebody got dysentery, didn't
1: they? Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody got dysentery and has died. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of, of you know, growing up, I read nothing but Louis L'Amour for the longest time when I was a kid, early on, growing up, when I first started doing some real heavy, you know, still getting into heavy reading. Um, and I read everything I could get my hands on to learn more about the West and Western expansion. And, you know, a lot of times it's just kind of brushed over in the movies, how brutal life was, how... You know, you leave with a wagon train with, uh, you know, 90 people and 30 wagons. And by the time you get done, there's four wagons and 26 people left, you know? Yeah. And you're just and like half
8: of them are missing a limb.
1: Exactly. And you're just <laughs> like, oh my God. It was just amazing the storytelling in this show. I then, there's a 45 minute after thing or uh, behind the scenes thing that I watched afterwards uh, that that also just explained, you know, what his uh, vision was. This is the guy, uh, the creator of Yellowstone. Name just escapes me right at this second, mm-hmm. uh, but he's the same guy that that uh, that wrote uh, Yellowstone, and he said I wanted to tell the truth. He said that's what I wanted. I didn't want to. I wanted it to be as truthful as I could make it from how the Indians actually interacted with people. To, uh, he goes like, you know, he, he, and one of the things he lists off, he said, you know what the number one cause of death was on the trails from east to west, leading from east to west? He goes, what? he goes, number one was being rolled over by a wagon. Number two, oh, God. number two was disease. Number three was weather. He said, being killed by Indians was like down at like eight or nine on the list of things <laughs> that killed the most people out there. And so he showed, he portrayed the Indians in a very different way, which I appreciated because it was very much like Louis Lamour. Wrote about in his books, um, and but the storytelling is just—I mean, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is definitely worth the, uh, I guess, nine or ten hours or whatever, it's ten episodes, and I think they're forty-five to fifty-five minutes apiece, and they are—you'll be shook by the time it's over. You'll be like, "Wow, that was an experience! Absolutely amazing!"
8: And and this is the one that this is Sam Elliott's in this too, isn't it? Yeah, he? Sam
1: Elliott is in it. Yep, and uh, Tim yeah, because you he. He 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 wants to tell you that this is the better alternative to the
8: power of the dog.
1: Oh, and I saw a thing yesterday, last night. Um, Apparently Benedict Cumberbatch is all broke up and woke and butthurt about the fact that Sam Elliott said (laughs) you guys are a bunch of sissies. Um, (laughs) Because Sam Elliott said, you know, we don't. He basically said that that broke the dog has got a bunch of, you know, queer, gay, whatever he whatever word he used, you know, and he goes, that's just BS, basically. And apparently, Benedict Cumberbatch got all butthurt about it, and uh, I saw that headline last night. But yeah, no, this is Sam Elliott at his finest. I mean, it is raw. It is rough. It is raw. It is real life. You will look at this and go, oh my God, I cried. I cried. A couple wow. times watching this thing, it is so intense, but it is amazing. It really gives you a behind-the-scenes look of what the 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 westward journey in America looked like, and it gives you a whole newfound respect for the people who founded the West. That's for sure. Cool. So go. So I should watch this before I watch Resident Alien. Yeah, you're never gonna watch it anyway, so I don't even why
8: I bothered telling you. But it's well, once I get through the new episode of The Dropout, I'm gonna have to watch something.
1: I'm gonna be snowed in. <laughs> snowed in. Would you guys get three inches? Um, we're 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 gonna get six to twelve. Six to twelve. I drove home in <laughs> six to twelve inches of snow the other day. All right. Well, it's um, it's fun, my friend. So go watch it and enjoy it. Thanks for coming on this morning. I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's do this again next week. Hey, I'll be there. All right, thank you, my friend. Folks, we're out of time. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.